This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, a listener-sponsored review of 2022's The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Plus, we react to new trailers for Extraction 2, Blue Beetle, and Secret Invasion. Marvel fires another top executive as some Phase 5 MCU movies get new writers and rewrites. All that and more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, April 3rd, 2023. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Why? I don't know. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Kraz out there. Let's give it up. Oh yeah, what's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play and welcome. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. And joining us uh, is a fella who probably would tongue kiss his younger self if given the opportunity. It's Rug Boy, but that's not how you say his name. How you say the name, Rugs? Rug fucking boy. Oh, you may have <laughs> blew out some eardrums there. Sorry about that. A little raspy. That's all. That's good. It's good. I like. I like the commitment to the bit. <laughs> I think I woke up my neighbors and oh, then my boy. neighbors. Need yes, me. I hear alarms going off outside. Oh my that's god! Fine. The dogs are barking. Uh, anyways. Got a fun pack show, fellas. Let's dive right fun in. What are we waiting show? for? Fun pack. Yes. Fun show packed with lots of geek stuff. Let's get started. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. We got a bunch of trailers, fellas, to react to that just all dropped very le- recently today, yesterday, uh, 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 in a bunch of uh, different kind of things. We are going to, since we reviewed John Wick 4, Last week, which was uh, is such a great action movie that even John Bellotti Jr. likes it. Oh, shit. can you believe that's that? a surprise? Yeah, he's a snob. He's a snob. He knows his action. That's saying a lot that Bellotti was impressed. Well, I'm not. There's Asians in this, so he could. Uh... <laughs> well, it's got. He loves yeah. Donnie Yen. <laughs> it does have Donnie Yen and Yeah, yeah it's so. like if he, if it's got Asians, John likes it. That's his guy. <laughs> So, keeping on the action genre hype, we have a trailer for Extraction 2 on Netflix, the sequel to Extraction, uh, starring, of course, Chris Hemsworth playing the title character, Mr. Extraction. No, that's not his name. What is his name? His name is Tyler Rake, which is so generic. Whoa. Uh, He's trying to make, you know, they're trying to make this character a thing, but I, I can never remember the name. I already forgot it. What did I just say? Jimmy Shovel. That's his name. It should be. Uh, but this trailer uh, is kind of impressive. Anthony, give me your uh, instant reaction to this Extraction 2 trailer. Well, we are on an action movie kick, and yeah. uh, I forgot that Extraction 2 was coming out, and um, looks good. I-, I thought the trailer looked good. It kind of... Uh, 
It reminds me a little bit of the prison brawl in the raid two for those yes. that have watched the raid two. That's right. And um, I forget, you know, like you forget that extraction came out, but that was a pretty good, solid action movie. And and this one looks like it's delivering more of that. So I liked it. Looks good. Yeah, yeah. we don't have to pay to watch it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, we're already paying. You do to have to pay, it. but you don't have to pay more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, returning to direct, of course, is that dude, Sam Hargrave, another stunt coordinator turned director, similar to Chad Stalski. This guy coming from the Joe and Anthony Russo Marvel pedigree, he worked on the Avengers movies, movie actually written by Joe Russo, produced by the Russo brothers. And the back half of this trailer is very impressive. Yes, like you mentioned in the first movie, there's that impressive one long one take shot in the middle where, and it's Sam Hargrave holding a camera on top of a sitting on top of a car that's driving, shooting it, and like they go up the building and down. This one, you got to have a big brawl scene, and this is an impressive brawl scene, right, Rugs? I mean, he's this is a long take. He's uh, on fire, goddammit. Fire, there's a Molotov cocktail, and then he's on fire and he's punching a dude on fire. That's badass. Yeah, it has some has some presence, definitely. I I feel like it's gonna be fun to watch. They, they have is also this shot of him on a train going down in a helicopter, yes, which is with a cool. Gatling gun. It's, that's pretty fucking dope, too. I'm excited. So, yeah, I, I'm down for I like the extraction, even though it sounds like a trip to the dentist. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, I'm down for this movie. It's on Netflix. I don't have to pay more to see it. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally uh, going to watch this and enjoy the shit out of it. It, it reminded me of uh, or. It not reminded me. It made me think back to Extraction and how fun that was watching yeah, it and made yeah. me go, man, maybe we need to, uh, we really need to consider Extraction. Or maybe Extraction, well, this one comes out in September. We might have the tournament done by then. No, but. this comes out June 16th. Oh, June. I'm, I lied. On we, Netflix. Knowing, knowing our pace, we might not have the tournament done by then. So who knows? I know. So the tournament. But, but the original yeah. Extraction should be considered in the tournament. And I was going to bring that up. We are prepping our 20th century action movie tournament. 21st century. 21st, sorry. Not last century. This <laughs> not century. Last century. From 1900 We're to We're not doing 2000. all the 1900s. Yeah. No, 2000 to 2023. And uh, we have yet we have, we will finalize the list of movies, and uh, we were talking about it before. It was Extraction a contender? We're like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But this may prove that it is a action franchise worth um, including. And, I mean, yeah, this looks exciting. I'm glad Sam Hargraves is coming back, and I love this character of Extraction. Extraction's great. What a great dude! <laughs> it's just like that. His name is Extraction. <laughs> uh, listener, oh, okay. Well, I got another quick story. Before we get off action movies, have you guys heard about John Woo's next m- upcoming project? Anybody yeah. heard? About- no? No. Okay. This is uh, interesting. Real quick. It's called Silent Night. It's, it's going to be an action thriller. This is his first movie in six years and his first American feature since 2003's Paycheck. The movie stars Joel Kinnaman. They have wrapped shooting a year ago. We might see a trailer in the summer, and hair is the most interesting thing about this movie. The movie has no dialogue in it at all. Oh, shit. Hmm. An ax John Woo action movie with no dialogue. And I argue John Woo is probably that talented that he can tell an action movie story without any dialogue. I'm excited. I like Joel Kinnaman. This sounds fucking dope. Wow, that sounds like impossible. But let's see yeah. what happens. Has that ever <laughs> been done before? I don't know. Well, I mean, they well, used to make silent films, but well, sure. 
Like dialogue is different than sounds. Like you right. can make it'll be um, sound. Like I watched this animated series called Primal, where there was no dialogue for the entire first yes, season. Yes, but and, that, and, and that's half hour. You can yeah, and it, but it works great and it's amazing. Primal is amazing. Story. Well, it's all season though. So if you slap yeah. them all together, it's like three or four hours or something like that. It's, so yeah, this, yeah. I mean, this is obviously is going to all come down to the execution and the storytelling. Uh, from John Woo to see if he can pull this off, but I like the ambition. Uh, and I'm like, dope, bring it on. John Woo, all action, no dialogue. Uh, listener, if you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think of the Extraction 2 trailer. I've posted it on our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. It is a closed exclusive group just for you, just for the listener. Join it, geek out, have fun. Okay, let's move on to another trailer. Uh, from DC, the the existing DCEU, I don't even know if this thing is going to count. Anyways, it's the second uh, of the final movies from the old DCEU before James Gunn starts resetting it. And it's Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle first trailer uh, with Miguel playing from Cobra Kai, playing Jaime Reyes, Jolo, Jolo Maradueña. Uh, and, you know, I, I didn't even, uh, I didn't know this trailer was coming out so soon. I wasn't expecting it. I watched it. It's very interesting. Rugs, let's start with you this time. Reaction to this Blue Beetle trailer. Um, it looked boilerplate, meaning that it's the standard. It looks, it looks like very much a standard movie. Um, the effects look okay. I don't like the heads up display at all. I think that looks really bad. Okay, yeah, it's very kind of cartoony. <laughs> it, it, it's a choice. Yeah, yeah, it's a choice. But um otherwise it looks okay. It looks it looks kind of cartoony and glossy. Um which I don't, is that um on brand for Blue Beetle? I believe it is. So, uh I don't know. I feel like it's fine. Uh I I don't know if this is going to be um uh an A plus movie. It so- sounds like it'll be somewhere above Venom. Okay, that's where we're <laughs> yeah. it. Okay, yeah, in my 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 mind. Yeah. Well, some of you know they show the whole transformation scene, and some of the effects do remind me of uh, the Venom symbiote and Venom. But I like this transformation scene just simply because everyone is screaming and scared shitless. Which yeah. yes, this is what you would be doing. Uh, the the Latino representation looks great. George Lopez, you got George Lopez. Anthony, does this do anything for you? I mean, it doesn't look terrible. This movie was supposed to actually be on HBO Max, and yes. then they decided to release it. And in, you're right, Rugs. It does have a kind of a glossy, cartoony kind of feel to it, which might fit. Um, it also, as mentioned, it was supposed to be on HBO Max. When you have, you know, the star being Sholo Maradueña, Maradueña, yeah, big Netflix star, who's from. From the Cobra Kai, and you got uh, what's his name in there? George Lopez. George Lopez from all lots of Lopez TV shows. Well, I was going to say those both of those guys are very TV feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it does feel a little bit like a made-for-TV movie hmm. in that sense. I can see that. Yeah, uh, but I, I I see the Venom vibes. I see kind of see like a little bit of a Shazam vibe too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The, the suit looks okay. I, I don't. The heads-up display does look a little weird, um, but the suit doesn't look terrible. It looks fine to me. It felt a little know. Power Rangery, 
you know, yeah, that, 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 like that even like Cayman that. Rider or even like Cayman Rider or something like that. It felt like that. And that's not a bad thing. Um, but I really, it's like, you're talking about DC, right? You're talking about the b- other big company, uh, comic book company that has all of the IP. And, um, when they have an outing that looks like something that is a Saturday morning Power Rangers or something, <laughs> it's, it's, it gives you a strange feeling. So, uh, but it's fine. Like, it's probably a kid's movie or skews younger, and that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I feel like this character is an interesting, fun character. Let's, let's see it on the screen. Hopefully the, um, the movie isn't just, like the standard thing that we're like, we've been talking about, the standard thing that we've been seeing a thousand times over. Um, the only thing that seems to be different is the power set. So, and it's very similar to like other things like Green Venom, Lantern. Green Lantern. But, I mean, also yeah. comic accurate with the Scarab. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, which is great. From that, the I love that. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I watched this and I was like, oh my God, this looks like fun. Like I, uh, I was surprised it had so much color in it. I love all the, the purple in there. Uh, that Batman's a fascist line was kind of funny at the very end. Almost gave me a little bit like Miss Marvel vibes. Like it's a, a yeah, a little bit, you know, like a teenage character finding powers and and uh, learning how to use them. I don't know who the bad guy is. Uh, and again, it is will be the first Latino superhero movie, I believe that uh, it's the first. So I think that's great. August eighteenth this year uh, will be coming out. Uh, and the fact that they they canned Batgirl. And then this one they promoted to the theaters is is kind of interesting. Like, wow, back, you know, if Batgirl could it look, would look worse than this? This I thought it looked pretty good. I don't know. I thought I like. No, scene. I thought it was glossy enough. Uh, it just, as I said, it the comics accurate suit is my favorite thing about it, and everything else is just okay. I'm not like shitting on it. I think it's fine. I just think it looks like. At this point in the game, after seeing Avatar 2. Yeah, every, well, that's true. Everything looks like everything crap. just looks bad. Yeah, kind of does. And then you watch John Wick and action looks bad. It's a good point. And so, like, we're getting spoiled by greatness sometimes, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, um, you know, it's tough to, like, keep upping the ante and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so it, I'm I'm whelmed. I'm not Mm-mm. I'm not excited. I'm not not excited. I'm just. I'm like, uh, okay, let's see what happens. Susan Sarandon also. Yeah, she's playing uh, Ted Cord's wife. It looks oh, like. Victoria Cord. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so maybe them, they will I'm, I'm watching Ted the trailer Cord. now, and some yeah. of the sets do look a little TV. TV quality. And the, when they're in the ship, it looks a little TV. Sometimes in the house, but well, they got the Beetle ship. Looks fun. <laughs> it looks the, like it looks a little TV. I, yeah. It looks like it's aimed for a younger audience. I mean, it, you're right. It, uh, I couldn't see the Miss Marvel parallel. So we'll I, see. Well, well see. I like. I mean, him slicing the bus in half reminded me of Shang Chi for some reason, but uh, that obviously looked better. Maybe like a, a point or two above a Legends of Tomorrow type production. Like, oh yeah, well, it's not that, that bad. Not that bad, but like that kind of thing with some more money. Uh, we'll see. And also moving forward, are they just introducing a character that doesn't? matter anymore like or are they gonna keep uh keep him around and and, and james gunn has plans for uh blue beetle like it's weird james gunn is obviously keeping some things you know yeah it's it's not a full i don't see it being a full reboot based on some of the stuff he's saying i think 
Depends on the fan reaction to it. If the fans respond to sure, it, sure, sure, they'll keep it around. If uh, the fans respond to it like they have Shazam and Black Adam recently, I think those might be in the tank for a little bit. Or you can just say, "Oh, it's an Elseworlds." Doesn't matter. Like, is it Elseworlds? Well, he didn't say that about. No, that. he didn't. Yeah, so he just mentioned it, and uh, I he, yeah. he, he clearly bets. delineated what was Elseworlds, which was the the yeah. Matt Reeves Batman and, and the, the Joker. Joker. Yeah. Rex, what do you think? He's gonna, they're going to keep the Blue Beetle. It all depends on how successful it is. Yeah. I think if it's like does bonkers at the box office, then he might reconsider. If it does uh, terrible, then uh, yeah, it's gone. I mean, you're probably going to get uh, Twitter pushback because you have the first Latino superhero and then now he's defunct. But if oh, it's I like, see. yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, I don't think it's too early to say what's going to happen with it. It could well, you never know. Like stranger things have happened, but um, the track record right now with DC is not good. Right. So yeah, one of these got to be good. Um, the Flash apparently best movie ever. We will see all these this year. Okay, let's move on to uh, the main course here uh, from the MCU. We have our first official trailer. I guess the first full story trailer. Wasn't there a trailer before? No, this is the second one. This is the second one. Secret Invasion. Starring uh, Nick Fury, Sam Jackson. A big, meaty trailer here. We will talk about the trailer and what they show and the characters. There's also an amazing article by Vanity Fair that reveals a lot of the characters, what's going on in the show, some of the things we see. Uh, But the vibe of this trailer definitely giving you like a Cold War espionage uh, type of feel and interesting that they're doing secret invasion with a group of grounded human characters without superpower no powered people this is the grounded human side of the mcu taking on scrolls uh anthony geek boner floppy jock for this it's coming out june 21st i'm gonna lean more geek boner than floppy jock nice geek boner i think the time in between shows has helped i think the the way they cut this is uh, you know has a very serious tone, um, which is much needed. You know after a lot of the Marvel stuff that we've seen, and uh, Secret Invasion. Although they're not adapting it, they're definitely not adapting it the way it was from the comics. It's completely. It looks like it's going to be a little bit of a different story, maybe a lot different. Secret Invasion is a is a popular run in the comics. Oh yeah. And uh, the last thing going for it is, I mean, this is just a hell of a cast. I mean, you look, you, you obviously have Samuel Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn. Um, but I mean Kingsley Benadir, who looks yep. like to be the main villain, is a great actor. Amelia Clark's in it. Olivia Coleman is in it. Yeah, uh, and you Martin, still have Don yep. Cheadle and Martin Freeman. So yep, yep, all those characters. Cast. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think this could be good. It looks good. It, it, I don't, yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see. I didn't read the Vanity Fair article, so I'm curious. Okay, to I'll what, fill you what, in some fun details. What like uh, Rugs, what what kind of feel you get from this trailer? Do you like it? What do we think you were going to get into here? I like the serious tone. I think that's what uh, draws me into it the most because um, it, it this could be a good dramatic series instead of an action-based series. I'm sure it's going to have its action set pieces. There's it, it definitely effects going on. But it's, like you said, um, it doesn't seem to feature powered uh, superheroes yet. Right. In there, uh, there could be a surprise or two locked in there. But um, the fact that it's a serious show and hopefully – the main character, which is Nick Fury, remains to be competent throughout this whole thing and doesn't get subverted and turned into an idiot or someone who's whatever dumb by the end of the thing or wrong or 
he's the bad guy. Like, like the main hero can never just be the hero. Um, as long as they kind of keep Nick Fury as the, the main character that, and actually completes his mission or doesn't end up being an idiot. I, I'm, I'm down for this. I mean, it looks like he's a wanted man here. You see Kingsley Benadir with some powers, with some like shooting out some branches and some scrawl. You do see some scrawl action. Uh, so, uh, coming out of this, uh, of Vanity Fair article, Emilia Clark's character is, she's playing Talos's daughter. Yeah. Heard about it. Named Gaia. Kingsley Benadir is a villain uh, called Gravik. Uh, basically, the show, what the main conflict of the show is, Nick Fury has promised the Skrulls he's going to find them a home, find them a planet, somewhere they could live. And it's taking a long time. It's not going well. So a group of Skull extremists have broken off. They are tired of waiting. Uh, they're tired of asking. And they kind of kind of, uh, become this separatist group and to take over the planet they're on. So Gravik's there. He's the resistance leader who radicalizes everyone, uh, which is, that's kind of interesting. Uh, the other interesting bit was we have seen- comments on that real quick. Yeah, I, think, yeah. what do you guys I, I did think actually about that? hear that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I heard that. And, I, and yeah, she, Amelia Clark is supposed to be the little girl. Exactly. We've, we've seen Captain her Marvel. Yeah. Yes, the little s- girl scrolling. Yeah. The, remember that, Captain Marvel occurred in like the early nineties, so yeah, they've been yeah. waiting for thirty years and yeah, that make that, that kinda makes sense that when they'd Talos, be frustrated. Yeah, right. And they've been waiting around this long. Yeah, when Talos meets up with his family in that movie, you see his wife and his kid. She's the little kid. That's kinda cool. I like that. And then I read too I don't know if this was in the article, but I might be spoiling this. Um I thought I saw it online that what Gravik is doing is he's trying to set up some sort of conflict between the US and Russia. Oh, okay. That Start another. Leads, yeah, that leads to like destabilizing the world, and then the scrolls can come in. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can see like it, it's kind of a Cold War type show. They mentioned well, yeah, that- a lot. There, there's some sets in Moscow. You can see. Oh, that. wow. Yeah, they were inspired by shows like Homeland and The Americans, apparently, uh, which is cool. And you definitely get that in this trailer. Uh, the reason, and so you see a lot of uh, Nick Fury not wearing an eye patch. And uh, Sam Jackson actually talks about that in this interview. This is a choice he made. It's his own character uh, decision uh, saying he no longer wears his signature eye patch, but Jackson reveals that the character choice for this series, Fury hasn't been miraculously healed. Quote, he just doesn't wear the patch. The patch is part of who the strong Nick Fury was. It's part of his vulnerability now. You can look at it and see he's not this perfectly indestructible person. He doesn't feel that guy. So I feel like there's going to be a moment where, you know, in the climax towards the end of the series, he puts the patch back on and now he's badass Fury again. Get that patch back on, motherfucker. Got to get that patch. But yeah, excited to see Maria Hill <laughs> uh, and all these people return. This looks, yeah, this I think will be uh, hopefully really good. I feel like it's going to be a, a more dramatic sh- show, kind of like Andor, but like, uh, oh, yeah, maybe because it's like feels yeah. like it's political dramatic it's based on character it's not really action driven i i'm down for this yeah yeah the the well everything you said leads to some like natural conflict that yeah. doesn't need to be i mean they're definitely gonna fight right we're gonna see some action but there, there's already conflict written into everything like they it seems like they've thought through a logical reason why the, uh, the scrolls who were portrayed as good guys in captain marvel would 
would be in conflict with humans. So all looks good. The only thing that I'm concerned about is the fact that it's only six episodes and Marvel has not ah, fuck. It's just Marvel one of those. has not figured out what the hell six episodes looks like. So yeah, it's either too short or not enough. Uh, right. They can't nail that. I'll tell you when the show is going to be bad. If the show opens up and they're after a glowy thing, it's a MacGuffin, <laughs> you, then we know it's shit. You know right away they <laughs> fucked up. Like, and that that's when you know it's a shitty show because like it's the lamest like trope that you can write. But if it's about something, which is seems like to me it's about the scrolls, you know, having two factions and there's no glowy thing to get, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. They're just having a difference of, of ideology. And, you know, of ethics of whether this is their planet or not and whether they deserve to be here or not. That's interesting. That's a fucking human relatable story. We can relate to that. So no MacGuffin necessary. So yeah, uh, and it sounds like Fury's like still processing uh, what's happened after the blip, the loss of Tony Stark and Black yeah, Widow. Yeah, I, I saw someone inferring that, too, that the reason why he's he hasn't down. been working on this is because he's been in space. Yeah. After you know Infinity War, just like yeah, processing everything and also trying to defend Earth, so it hasn't been top of mind for him. Yeah, nobody's been able to get in touch with him for a while, and everyone's right. mad at him. Uh, Olivia Coleman playing an MI6 agent protecting England's resources, so that'll be interesting. I read she might be. There's a rumor that she might be like some like an old Captain Britain or a, a possible villain, right? I think I saw. No, that. no, oh, not, well, maybe oh, that. Old maybe Captain possible. Britain. Oh, but, yeah, maybe, maybe a possible villain. But Ooh. also, I've heard that she could be tied to Captain Britain. Captain Britain. Uh, the quote, quote about her is uh, Sam Jackson said about her character: "It's somebody that you've never seen her play before. She's cold blooded and just relishes being that person." is all he had to say about her character, which I was like, that's interesting. June 21st on Disney+. Plus, uh, We will stick with to some Marvel news. Guys, remember we talked about Victoria Alonso and her firing and uh, all the hubbub over there. Well, Marvel, not done, laying off slash firing people. In fact, it has been reported they are attempting to cut, I guess this week, 7,000 jobs were eliminated in an effort for Bob Iger to save five and a half billion dollars. That's a lot of jobs. And it's not just the dude in the goofy suit or the menial task. Uh, this goes to the top. In fact, the shocking news being Marvel Entertainment chairman Ike Perlmutter has been fired. They, oh, they, he, he is 80, the 80 year old executive notified by phone on Wednesday that he uh, he is redundant and uh, his position will be folded into Disney's larger business units. So we guys know Ike Perlmutter. Nobody liked this guy. Who? What? What are some of his greatest hits? Do you remember? Oh man! Uh, didn't he try to he blackballed X Men and Fantastic Four comics because they were with another studio? Correct. That's one of them. He tried to push the Inhumans. Yeah, um, and it was a disaster. That was a disaster. There's lots of things. A lot of uh, he basically got. He basically almost made Faye quit, and it was Faye was like either me or him. And yeah, Faye tried to get him own. fired. Tried to get yeah. him fired. He fired absolutely. Uh, when yeah. Bob Chapik was uh, leaving, he tried to insert one of his own dudes into the position before they could he, choose. Bob he had the Marvel uh, Creative Council or whatever the it was committee. Called. Remember committee, the yeah. committee that everybody had to go through. Kevin Feige had to go through before they could make anything. Uh, Ike Perlmutter, not a fan of diversity, did not want to make a Black Panther movie, 
Did not want to make a Captain Marvel movie. He was very cheap. Apparently, there's stories of him su- suggesting just serve potato chips at film premieres to save catering costs. Uh, he also allegedly has said nobody would no pun would notice when Don Cheadle was replaced with Terrence Howard. He's like, no, <laughs> nobody's going to notice. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, not a great guy. And uh, I'm gl- I mean, they, that's hilarious. Why? That's pretty fucking. Never heard that before, yes. and that find that to be <laughs> so crazy. Wow. Uh, in recent times, they had kind of downgraded him to just running the Marvel Comics publishing and entertainment and like licensing things over there, like just reduced everything he was doing. Uh, but they fucking fired him. Along Why with- did it take this long? I, well, it took, this guy. it took Bob Iger leaving Disney, you know, tanking stock ta- and then coming back. And now to save money, he's cutting longtime executives. He's been there. He's the one who like facilitated the sale of of Marvel to Disney for four billion dollars as well. Now maybe that's why he's still there. Uh, they also laid off the co president of Marvel Entertainment, a chief counsel, uh, and president of Marvel, uh, another president. So a lot of executives uh, fired. Uh, big salaries. I got to let them go. Is everyone suing? Well, we'll see. You know what's interesting in this article? Uh, it says the comic book publishing part of Marvel draws between forty million to sixty million a year still, but uh, Disney's uh, makes eighty three billion dollars uh, in a year, kind of. So, yeah, they're saying that it's uh, how, much, how much do they spend on Marvel comics? Oh, that's a good. I don't know, but I mean, it's making <laughs> like, is it worth like what happens to the publishing side? Now I wonder they're going to they're going to keep I mean they'll keep it because it's a good way it's a good way to still mine get stories for your eventual screenwriters for these movies you got to make. There's a good example of this with James Gunn's Superwoman Supergirl story is uh, I think Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow and that's a yes. relatively recent story. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there that's Tom King the Tom King story. Yeah. So, you know, at the very least this is a good good the comics are still a good place to Test um, things out. Test your scripts. <laughs> test yeah. your eventual movie scripts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I promote God. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Whatever. I think it's great. Finally, get him out of there. Uh, let's. Uh, I got a couple of writing, big writing changes for some upcoming movies that may or may not cause concern. We're thinking about the future of the MCU in phase five. The first one regarding Fantastic Four. Uh, apparently. Whatever draft they had is getting a complete rewrite. They have hired Josh Friedman, who worked on Avatar The Way of the Water, and Snowpiercer to give uh, Fantastic Four a rewrite. This movie doesn't come out till 2025. Uh, so, And Matt Shackman uh, is uh, going to direct this one, I believe, right? Now, who wrote the other draft was this dude, Jeff Kaplan, Ian Springer. This is interesting. Those guys were known for writing comedy scripts. And now they've gotten a guy that is known for writing science fiction in this new guy. Friedman co-wrote War of the Worlds. He also was the writer-creator on Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. And like I said, worked on Avatar. Uh, so I think that's a good thing this early in the development. If you have to rewrite the thing, uh, they probably got the right guy now. Do you want? Oops, sorry. Do you want uh, a comedic Fantastic Four exactly. or sci-fi Fantastic Four? Yes. That's a good question. And the guy, this I think is, you need. A, I think you need a mix of both because the, the, okay. you, you you need the sci-fi to, for sure. But there's that family conflict in there. Yeah. 
and Human Torch and and the thing have conflict, and it can be kind of funny. And then Mister Mister Fantastic's kind of a kind of a dork. Yeah, there's there's stuff to mind there. I think I think it's a it's a mix. I mean, you I know, like this guy's writing credits. Yeah. Also, he he co- he's the co-creator of that foundation show on Apple TV Plus. Rugs. Also, uh, he adapted Snowpiercer yeah. for the TV the TV show Snowpiercer. Heavy well, sci-fi. Yeah. So did uh, Brian De Palma's Black Dahlia? Oh, he he's did. Doing yeah. The upcoming yeah. Kingdom of the Apes movie. Oh, Kingdom he is. Apes, oh, yeah. so what a good writer should do in the at this juncture in this situation, Friedman. If he's good, he's going to come in, take a look at the script, keep the funny family heart parts and weave in some fucking sci-fi around there i would think since those guys talent was comedy you find the strongest things in there that work and then you throw in some nice sci-fi on top it could could balance out it makes me think of the josh trank movie and how like were there jokes in there that was just dark and moody and like weird body horror you know know what actually is reminding me of is or not reminding me of it's what i'm seeing here in you see this even with Secret Invasion, where they made yeah. they made the show a while ago, and then did a shit ton of reshoots. Yeah, um, you can see a lot of projects being reworked. I think Marvel's Studios is really taking a step back and looking at their projects and really me- like not messing with them, but really trying to figure out okay, like we need to do better or whatever we have isn't good enough. And ultimately, that's a good thing. Uh, that they're aware of this. As long as this. it's good stuff. As, as long, long as they it's good, good stuff. stuff. But the timing yeah. of these things also matter and make me a little worried. For example, the next story. This is another rewrite. The Thunderbolts movie allegedly was supposed to start shooting in June, from what I heard. They have just hired this dude, Lee Sung Jin, who is creator and showrunner of a Netflix show called Beef that I think is premiering this week. Two, it, he tells Variety, he goes, quote, I'm rewriting it. He is rewriting the Thunderbolts movie now, and they're supposed to start shooting in June. But he says it's the whole squad again. Oh, so he's bringing uh, he's the guy directing it is also a director on that show. Beef Jake Schreier, who is directing Thunderbolts. What's beef about? You know what? I, this is a new TV show. Let me find out. But while I look this up, is it? It's a, a comedy series yes on netflix is it concerning that this movie is getting a rewrite uh kind of late in the game here it's about road rage if i think i think if need be they'll they'll push it back oh steven yun is also in beef wow so the director the writer and one of the stars probably uh all come from the show david hmm. cho is in it it, it's There's a, it, a rumor, by the way, your boy Jeff Schneider. Is oh, that yeah. the guy's name? I, yes. I had this in here, but I took it out. But let's mention this rumor. Spoilers, maybe. Spoilers. Jeff Schneider is yeah. apparently saying that Steven Yeun is going to be Sentry. He is say, all but confirmed Steven Yeun is indeed playing Sentry. Yes, that's right. Uh, Century 21. <laughs> yes. Real estate. Oh, uh, no. Shopping. Shopping. It's real estate. So, yeah, no, that's so the show Beef, the premise is an incident of road rage slowly consumes the two people involved, starring Stephen Yoon and Ali Wong as the oh, two. Oh, so they have a people. beef with each they other. They got a beef with each other because there was some road rage. Uh, but we'll see. Apparently, the first he also mentioned something about the first draft of Thunderbolts being rewritten because it featured focused too heavily on the characters from Black Widow instead of like the whole team. Uh, but I expect to see, you know, Valentina in there, of course. And uh, so, you know what other Schneider's other rumor was about uh, Thunderbolts that the Red Hulk will be in the movie. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
So I, I'm looking at this as a positive. I'm looking at them as instead of Marvel racing towards a uh, date that they've set. Right. I see this as Marvel looking at stuff and going, we just need to do better. And we need to, we need to make these scripts better. We need, we need to reshoot. We'll reshoot. So I, I maybe that's just my personality. I'm a glass half full guy, but I, I see this as uh maybe just a, um, they've they're learning their lesson about some of these things hopefully hopefully and i i, I kind of trust them if it's any other company like say a warner brothers or a sony and you hear this you're like oh my god this is a fucking trash dumpster fire they can't save but i like marvel going back in and going okay look we, we see we're reacting to what's been happening these past few movies we know how we can adjust this and we're just gonna do it no matter what i mean the movie the thunderbolts comes out next summer so but yeah if were, if if they make their schedule, they were expected to be shooting in June. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other writer was like, okay, the century destroys entire city. And there's a joke, right? Here. <laughs> Why are we laughing? About? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. No, I'm, I'm with you, Anthony. I'm going to uh, be uh, optimistic about this. Uh, last Marvel thing. Uh, Guardians of the galaxy. Volume three tickets are now on sale. Uh, and I, went, Oh shit. Yeah. I know Anthony, you bought, you bought tickets. I already bought mine. I, uh, yeah, I did. I went to buy mine for like the Thursday in the nice Dolby theater at like seven 30. And the whole thing was almost sold out already. Well, I was like, shit. So I had to go in the smaller theater, but yes, uh, I'm excited. Excited level of excitement. I'm excited to see this one. When's that come out? Uh, this is a may something. May oh, 5th, geez. May 4th. I think it's yeah, May 5th. First weekend in May. Yeah. yeah first weekend of May, May 5th. So this will be, May movie. Wow, people are already buying tickets. Yeah, so, but yeah, the pre-sales for this seem to be uh, hot right now. That's why I wanted to tell everybody secure your tickets. I better get on that. Yeah, everybody's gonna die, and uh, it'll be sad, and uh, it'll be a great movie. James Gunn's final outing. All right, look, let's take a break here and play. I some like you promos. were like pausing for us to say something, but there was nothing, nothing. to say. There really is nothing to say. We're just going to move on. <laughs> We're going to move on, take a break, and come back with a review of an amazing Nick Nicholas Cage movie right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Along with my co-host, Bill, every Thursday, we bring you classic hip-hop classic classic you know all the good stuff the stuff that you forgot about the golden age pre-golden age back to the original era for all the pioneers i'm going way back way back way each week we bring you hip-hop headlines so we let you know what's going on with your favorite artists from back in the day we bring you woo news we dedicate an entire segment just to the wu-tang clan every week wu-tang clan ain't nothing to fuck with we bring you two records. One is a one and done. One is a record of the week. We give you an artist of the month. We give you all the classics. Classic. Classic. Come and check us out. Every week we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and at MrThrowbackThursday.com. And if you remember nothing else, always remember, new school stale, old school fresh. Hey, this is Matt. And Jesse. We host American Slacker Podcast. 
your weekly rundown for weird news, entertainment suggestions, and unique games. Every other week, we bring on guests from all walks of life, like comedian Mark Forward of Letterkenny. Yeah, we just call it tuna up here. We, we, we're pretty clear that it's a fish. And NYC stand-up powerhouse Ian Fidance. I want to fucking punch you in the fucking face with positivity <laughs> and fun, motherfucker. Actor Brandon Crane of Stephen King's It. There's a lot of the work that I did, like Wonder Years to It. They were all very, you know, period, 50s, 60s, and, you know, chunks were all the rage. And Arthur Clown from Terrifier, David Howard Thornton. They also had to make a mold of my face while I was there, so that was kind of claustrophobic in itself. Musician Dan Simons of Just Surrender. First time ever going on a tour, you remember every stop. And Nick Thompson of Hit the Lights. All, all the stuff that I think that people go through through life, and it's just like my outlet for that. Watch the video version of American Slacker on our YouTube channel and listen to our show on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit our website aspodcast.com for everything American Slacker. That's it. There you go. Listener, if you enjoy the show, it's a great time to support the show. Give back. Join our Patreon fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd. And you can support on a monthly, annual basis. There's tiers. There's benefits. You get things like access to an exclusive RSS feed where the shows come out early bonus content instant reactions right out of the theater to movies post shows lots of fun stuff to listen to on there you get discord benefits we do a monthly discord hangout lots of fun uh you can join us this month's hangout will be thursday april 20 at 8 p.m central and there's a tier called you pick it where you can pick your nose and you can pick your friend but you can't pick your friend's nose no that's not what happens i just pick my slag hole oh pick your slag hole you can Slinty. pick any movie for us to watch and review. It's a fun tier. We've been uh, we gotten exposed to lots of fun movies this way. Uh, we will be doing one this episode. But if any of that sounds like fun, chalkandnerd.com slash Patreon. You know what to do. Okay. We will get to this week's movie review. It is 2022's The Unbearable Weight of a Massive Talent. Here's your spoiler alerts. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This movie sponsored by, dedicated to listener and friend, Jamie Robinson, who is Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Jamie has been a patron for 12 months. Thank you, sir. A year of service. For your support. He's very active in the Facebook group. Always great. I've been on his show once. We got to get him over here. Jamie. Let's get you over here. Like I, I never met the guy, and I feel like I know him uh, just from interactions through the podcast. It's very strange. So he has picked for us uh, the Nick Cage feature, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, on uh, the Rotten Tomatoes. This movie sitting at eighty-seven percent tomato meter, seven point three out of ten audience score, also eighty-seven percent equally liked. By both. Uh, this one is directed by this dude, Tom Gormican, who has not done a lot of things. Uh, I think he had one movie before this. Uh, and he also co-wrote the movie with Kevin Etten, starring, of course, Nicolas Cage as Nick Cage. With, but Nick Cage with a K instead. Nicolas Cage starring as Nick Cage. Yes. Pedro Pascal also in this as Javi Tiffany Haddish. Uh, as Vivian, uh, we have Sharon Horgan as Olivia, Neil Patrick Harris in a little side role, playing the daughter Lily Moshin, 
as Addie Cage, Nick Cage's daughter, uh, and Ike Barinholtz uh, uh, is playing Martin and uh, as the partner to Tiffany Haddish. Uh, Anthony, uh, yeah, do you ever seen this movie before? No. Yeah, me neither. I've heard about it. Uh, and, you know, we are this this part of Nick Cage's career. He is doing what, like seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve movies a year. He, if you look at his IMDb, it looks he like he talks about that. It is yes, movie. which is kind of great. So, Anthony, what happens in the unbearable weight of a massive talent? That title, by the way, both uh, unforgettable and I and I can't also very forgettable. Like I could never. I also want to. I would call it the unbearable lightness of being, or I could never remember the fucking title. <laughs> it's very confusing. Well, this movie is about Nick Cage playing a hyper-realized version of himself, or maybe a somewhat real version of himself, who is down on his luck, not able to get any more big roles, having trouble with his uh, daughter, and he gets an offer to for a decent amount of money to visit this guy in Spain and just hang out with him. And uh, little does he know that this guy in Spain is a gigantic fan, wants him to star in a movie, and um, might be more than meets the eye in terms of uh, his family and what he's got going on. So it's a uh, Nick Cage bromance slash refinding himself slash drug detective movie <laughs> it's a lot of things slash yeah. commentary on fandom and uh you know what it means w- when you look back at your work as an actor uh but yeah so yeah i found it to be a very charming goofy buddy spy comedy what did you think overall coming out of this it is kind of a celebration of nick cage and it's crazy that he would uh play himself in this way I was thoroughly entertained by this movie. I uh, I laughed a lot. It's a you know there, there's been movies where actors have played themselves in movies. Yeah, um, yeah. This is the end. Is one of them. You know, the movie with Jean Claude Van Damme. I forget which one that JCVD, is. JCVD, I believe that's called. Yeah, th- this is the end. Was the most kind of a parallel to this that well, be, I thought of being John Malkovich. Remember that one? Yeah, being John Malkovich. You know, this, so there's this has happened before, but yeah. every time it happens, it's a little unique and. Nick Cage is a unique guy and he's done a lot of different things and has a weird fandom in all of itself. So I, it worked. I, I, uh, I enjoyed it. It was, a it was a fun bromance movie. I really enjoyed Nick Cage. I really enjoyed Pedro Pascal. There are a lot of times where I laughed at different lines. Um, it was a wacky, goofy movie, uh, went a little, went a little conventional towards the end, but you know, I, I, I was thoroughly entertained. I, 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 it was a movie that wasn't really on my radar. I'd heard about it, a lot, you know, when it came out last year. Heard about it when I saw the trailer and didn't think anything of it. And it never even crossed my mind up until this review. So happy to have seen it. Yeah, me too. I'm really glad he picked this because I had wanted to see this movie. And it sounded crazy. Rugs, have you seen this before? What did you think? No, I always wanted to watch it and I just needed an excuse. And I'm glad that I got to watch it. I, um, I liked the movie. I thought it was good, and uh, I had fun with it. Uh, I am a Nicolas Cage fan. Is, I'm not like I mean, come on, we love Nick Cage. Here, he, the thing about Nicolas Cage, uh, he's been in every kind of movie. Yes, he's been in independent films. He's been in serious dramas. 
has been in Oscar films. He's been in flops. He's been in action movies. He's Direct had full head. Yeah. yeah, he's had full heads of hair. Yes, he's partially bald. Mullet. No mullet. Yeah, he's had it all. He's yeah. had a glorious mullet. He was ghostwriter. Like you know, he's uh was gone in sixty seconds. He's been he had co stars with hot chicks in their prime. Angelina Jolie, Amber Heard, all that stuff. So um, I think there was one with uh, Jessica Biel, too, if I'm not correct. Um, but, like, yeah, so um, he was uh, definitely had a, a lot on his uh, resume to kind of draw from for this movie. And they kind of pulled out some of the classics. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was very self-referential. But if you really want to look at it, too, it wasn't about Nick Cage. It was about a fake actor that wasn't Nick Cage. Yeah. It is still a statement about like kind of a person who's wrapped up in their career. Yep. And, you know, every once in a while they have to stop themselves and think about their family and think about what is this really all about? What am I doing? And uh, I'm just a guy. And am I just a guy or am I, do I have some kind of calling? Am I supposed to do something with this fame that I have? So uh, there's a lot of that wrestling with all that stuff and, uh, and drugs. So there's some great drug scenes. Yeah. So um, it it is kind of like a, an interesting amalgam of a bunch of types of movies. I know they did a good job with the Nick Cage Easter eggs. I mean, I love how self-aware and meta this story is, you know, it opens with the girl watching him in con air. There's tons of nods to his movies. Uh, And, you know, let's just get into one of the, there's a lot of memorable bits. One of the most memorable bits has to be, he is so self-obsessed with his career and his life that he has a conversation with a younger version of himself, a de-aged Nicolas Cage, playing a character he calls Nikki. Nikki is a is a '90s version of Nicolas Cage back when he did Wild at Heart, wearing a leather jacket, doing karate kicks like Elvis. He thought he was Elvis, uh, and it's there are some fucking hilarious parts. Uh, I related to that a lot. Yeah, do you talk to your younger self? Do you tongue kiss your younger self when you <laughs> when you can? Yeah, I butt fuck my younger self <laughs> in the um, slack hole. But uh, yeah, right in the slack hole. Uh, no, Nicholas like Cage yeah, is I good do. fucking smoocher. You, you tell everyone <laughs> Nick Cage smooch is good. I love that. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> but that is what I think that does happen, like in your, in your subconscious or whatever. That you kind of every once in a while you're staring in the mirror and you're like, okay, you're talking to the guy that yeah. was 20 years old that could go out and do whatever he wanted and the world was their oyster. And now you're like this dude who's kind of uh, approaching late fifties, early sixties, or probably already there in this movie. And yeah, you, you, you're kind of in love with that old guy that, that, that you used to be. So, uh, and, and you're looking that. for that old guy. You're like, you're, they mention in the movie that he's, like just been taking roles, but not really like finding big parts. And if you look at his career, like before this movie, you, you see a lot of direct to video stuff. Yeah. You see a lot of movies being made in, you know, five, six movie releases in a year. And it, it's almost like he's, he's doing this because it's all he knows, but he's like really far away from what he was. I mean, he's not, he's not getting those big roles. And for and this man, that. Th- yeah, like Nikki says, remember, you're not just an actor, you're a fucking movie star, right? Like, and they're both kind of have flaws. Young Nikki and older Nikki are both kind of fuck-ups and obsessed with different things. But for this man, 
to you know do this critique and satire and make fun of himself and his whole career and kind of have to face it is amazing that he agreed he read this i mean clearly it had to be written just for him and he read this and he's like yeah i'll do this like i I think credit goes to nick cage who like you said rugs he has turned in some oscar worthy performances some damn fine acting and then some schlock luckily in this one i think he's really good he's not phoning it in the the irony is the first half is this like layered commentary about fandom and an actor star and about nick cage and then it ends kind of like a Nick Cage action movie that he's commenting on. Uh, so they have both sides of the Nick Cage. And young Nicky had some of the best lines. Like, yeah. You're, you're well, Nick it's like he, Cage. he finds his inspiration from someone that's a fan of his. But then he also realizes that he's been so wrapped up in his work that he's, you know, lost. He's. He's no, he doesn't really have a relationship with his daughter. His right. relationship with his daughter is him telling his daughter what she should like. Exactly. What to like. So um, it's, 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 it's nice. Like, it's a nice movie when you think about that. But then it's a comedy. So it's a bro, yeah. it's a really a, a bromance comedy as well. Yeah, yeah. And if we're going into, like, who's really good, Nick Cage is good. But and I personally liked Pedro Pascal. Oh, my better. God. Pedro Pascal's range is amazing. He is so likable and lovable. And, like, you're him. You're fan. He's so, fan he's so earnest out. in the role so sincere and i'm watching this and i'm like this is the fucking guy we just watched as joel like did you ever think am- he was bad amazing like the bad oh, guy yeah and at they, one they, point. they do play with that just enough where you're not sure uh if if it's an act Avi or is involved and right. i love how you know nick cage goes i should have trust my nouveau shamanic acting instincts and he was right the whole time that well, he got I, the right read on they, they play it well because I think there's times when I think it's he is bad because yes, yes. the guy is rich and he's obsessed with Nick Cage. Yeah. So there's like there's something off about this. But then it's you realize throughout the movie that he's no, he's actually just really enjoys Nick Cage's work. Yeah. Like that's really it. Yeah, and I think the movie moves really well. It gets you right into the plot, you know, with the FBI thinking he has kidnapped the the dude's daughter. Um, I love that scene where he kind of poisons himself and he's falling. Which one where he puts the put the what's the rub the, thing on his yeah, forehead? Yeah, the stunning agent. He goes, "I just rubbed my forehead. Like maybe I didn't. <laughs> oh no, I did." And he's he's like, "I can't feel my legs." And he's out on the ledge like that. And then she goes, "Action!" And he wakes up and, and gets the antidote. Oh, you know what that reminded me that of? So it reminded funny. me of uh, Leo and Wolf of Wall Street. Oh yeah, yeah. Where he's on. Where he's uh, he takes the the lube the lewd and then uh it hits late and he has to crawl around and the only thing that gets him up is cocaine and in this one it's the lady going action, action. that fucking jolts him up <laughs> she goes trained actor uh the uh the other part i loved was where he they discover the the nick cage shrine and he's got some great easter eggs in that fucking thing but the wax statue with the face-off guns and nick cage goes how much that cost you and pedro goes six thousand dollars he goes i'll give you twenty thousand dollars for it <laughs> it's just fucking hilarious. Like he and that just, but statue. that's like also a meta thing because yeah. he buys a lot of weird shit. Yes, that's. I mean, there's so many great Easter eggs. Them tripping on acid, also fantastic oh, acting. The, the acid with them climbing the wall, climbing the with, wall, and they just yeah. walked around it and they play it off like it's when a they, big, they thought those two guys were yeah, like yeah, following him, him and they show them. Yes, he's That's trying to help him over. They do like a whole action movie ending well, where he has to that let him scene go. too. Like the the lady, the SCS FBI agent, yes. is texting him like, "Hey, have you like should you check out the room or whatever?" Yeah, and I, I literally laughed out loud when he goes, "I'm on acid." He's like, "High on acid, BRB." 
<laughs> He's like, I got a real Donnie Brasco situation over here. BRB. That's what he texted her. Uh, he had to take the drugs. Uh, but and then I love that they like their bromance is great. They're it, them like figuring out a movie about what they're doing and actually making this movie. It reminded me of me hanging out with my film major friends at Pratt in college because that's what we would do. We would like walk around New York City and we would like make up movies in our head like we were fucking Quentin Tarantino Pulp Fiction style movies. And it's just what these guys do. And the fact that they make the movie at the end is yeah. it's great. What if the movie's about this? Yes, I got it. <laughs> uh, I got Three Amigo vibes, if anybody remembers that movie. Oh, my too. God. Three Amigos is a great movie. It's the same. It's a similar premise. My one criticism, it, it kind of turns into a very conventional, like, comedy action movie towards the end. Yeah. And, and they could have made it, like, it could have been more. Yeah. But uh, I was entertained, so... Like it turns, it kind of turns into Pineapple Express. And, yeah, yeah, a little bit. You know, some the, yeah. of those those like bonkers movies where they get high on drugs and also they're in front, of, like they're involved in a crime and things like that. Like that, that's a trope that happens a lot in movies. I mean, the These, car, yeah, the car chase was good. There's a lot of double gun shooting, and I isn't love that it. like half baked too. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah and, or bit. Friday, like all those movies where yeah. they're like high on drugs and yeah. they're involved in some shit that they should never <laughs> have got involved in. It's always funny. Yeah, it just happens a lot. I feel like with Nick Cage, it's inevitable because he is known for action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so not to have an action sequence in there where he has to, like, um, rely on all of his fake action star acting to yeah. get by. That's kind of you're, you, it, you, yeah. you can't avoid it. It's almost unavoidable. You do. You need that in there because, you know, he's got the trilogy we talked about. Con Air, Face Off, oh, yeah. no, The he Rock. He became one of the biggest action stars in yeah. the world. In the so 90s. you got to make him fucking do some action shit and shoot some guns at the end. No, wait. He gets in the car. He's like, you get, you drove a shit gun 60 seconds. And he immediately <laughs> just fucking plows into plows the car behind. <laughs> like, it's funny. Like, yeah. he's they're using the movies for jokes. But, like, if you're a Nick Cage fan or you've seen oh, these yeah. movies. Yes, they're f- it's funnier. If, like, yeah, it rewards yeah, they're referencing yeah. all his hits. Yeah, yeah, it definitely rewards you if you're a Nick Cage fan. Like, there is so much Nick Cage lore that if you love movies or if you like read about Nick Cage, like about how he loves Frankenstein, and it's all in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they've put in every all of the like the Nick Cage lore that we've heard of. And I mean, rumors, they name drop like Captain Corelli's Mandolin, which is like all these obscure movies of his too that you you would know and. Pig and Mandy. It's like Mandy's. Yeah, fucking, Mandy. Yeah. They mentioned Mandy. They mentioned too. so many Nick Cage movies. Uh, here's a great little uh, behind the scenes. Young Nicky, he based that off himself during this interview from 1990 on this British TV show called Woogan. There's a clip I will put in the show notes. It's six minutes. You have to watch this because he enters just like that. He's wearing the leather jacket, black pants, his hair's like that. But when he enters, he does a handspring. He does a couple of karate kicks. He proceeds to pull a wad of cash out of his pocket and he throws it at the audience. And then he goes and sits down. At one point, he takes his shirt off and then he puts his jacket back on. And it's dead on like this young Nikki. Yeah, he's unhinged. Yeah, this he's just crazy. And I kind of loved young Nikki. Apparently, there was more scenes and they cut it out. But I think it was just enough use of young Nikki to, to push him along uh, and egg him on to things. You know, it's very similar like in True Romance where Clarence was talking to Elvis. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, in the mirror kind of thing. So uh, that was great. And the daughter, the, the daughter, uh, Lily Sheen, did she look uh, like anybody to you? Recon- any recognizable features in her face? Lily uh, Sheen? Well, you just kind of gave away her last name. Huh? Well, yes, but there's another big, uh, she's related to two actors. 
Michael oh. Sheen and Kate Beckinsale's daughter. Oh, I was going Charlie Sheen. No, oh, like, not Charlie Sheen. No, Michael Sheen. Uh, oh, but Kate Beckinsale's she, daughter. Hmm? She looks. She kind of looks like a, like a yellow yeah, Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, a little bit, right? Uh, yeah. She's she's pretty good. Yeah, it was it, it was a nice little you know B plot. Does Nick Cage even have a daughter? I don't even know. He has sons. I know he named his sons like Cal L and shit, like Superman names, like Kryptonian names. Well, I, I was see. I was reading a little bit about this movie, and I guess he originally was like no i'm not doing this because uh, the, the version of that he's playing he's like that's not really how i am yeah and he turned it down accordingly apparently three or four times but he changed his mind after the, the writer wrote him a letter to be in the movie oh wow yeah I'm, so, so he th- must, this is like yeah. a, a version of nick cage that we think exists but it's right. not really nick right. cage. it's a yeah it's a caricature nick cage the fact that he's so self-aware is amazing what the, him and the fact that him and Pedro just have such great chemistry. Yeah. Oh I, I love the scene when they're like about to kill each other, but they don't want to kill each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's they, right. They switched shoes before that. That was so weird. Low. He's like, "You want my shoe?" He's like, "For, for permanent?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, yeah." Let's switch shoes. They switch shoes just and like then they're running. Friendship. And he's like, "Why can't you run any fa-? like Pedro's like you? You're, you're faster. Like you usually run like some. He's making some sort of reference of how fast he's run yeah. in prior I've seen movies. You run. And, yeah. He goes, "I've yeah. seen you run." And Nick Cage is just like. These shoes offer no ankle support because <laughs> he's wearing the loafers. Yeah, he's got the loafers. Bad, bad like, stuff. you go out there. I'll wait here. Come back, pick me up. What? But then, <laughs> it, even in that scene, he's like, you go out there and I, I'll stay here. But then he's like, no, I'll go with you, too. Like, they, he's like, I, I can't leave you. Like, it's just such a funny, lo- <laughs> yeah. like, cute little bromance they have. The fact oh, that I'm describing it. it is cute is, like, it is weird, cute, but though. it is. It's like it a is. cute little bromance between these two. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And apparently... Paddington 2 is actually a very good movie. I've heard that <laughs> from a lot of people. And I'm like, I might have to watch the Paddingtons uh, because, uh, yeah, it's I mean, for real. I get like a solid movie. Everybody loves it. Well, that's, that's how the movie ends, too, is his daughter loves Paddington yeah. 2. Well, because, yeah, they bonded over Paddington. And you see Demi Moore. He originally had bonded with Pedro's character, yes. Javi, over yeah. Paddington. And it's great that they get to make the movie and they're successful and then he doesn't go to the thing. It's, oh, it's so sweet. You know where I saw this movie? In the recent days, I've seen memes on the internet of yeah. like, of people putting in like like uh, like drug memes, like oh, I took I took this much, and then they like it's the it's the shot of Nicolas Cage Smiling. like stoned, yeah, and then they <laughs> cut over to and it's like no, I took this much, and it's like the psychopath, and it's Pedro Pascal looking over, <laughs> like all like smiling all fucked up. That's great. I've, that's I was like, where is that coming from? And then like it's literally a week later, I saw that meme, and then I saw the internet. I saw the this movie. I was like, I oh, mean, that's, that's why. Like from. it became meme worthy, and it's wild because going into this, Cage was already meme worthy, right? Like he had not the bees, not the bees. He mentions that too at the end. He does mention that. He goes like, everyone, not the bees, not the bees. Uh, and then for this movie to make another Cage meme is amazing and i really no yeah both of them are great great performances great movie this was just a lot of fun too bad uh no one watched it <laughs> yes well. oh we did i didn't even go over the budget let's go over that now the movie was made for 30 million dollars and it ends up with a box office run of just 29 and a half million dollars it did come on 2022 i don't know it was still like pandemic pandemic kind of but yeah, yeah nobody i didn't even know it was out yeah, they didn't do a good job no. of letting people know what it was that's a good point. They did not promote it well. It did not make a lot of money, but I could see this like being a big streaming hit. Like it's very good, especially yeah, if you're I think this is has legs. Yeah, it might become a cult classic. Yeah, it was released the same weekend as the I don't know what the bad guys is the bad guys and the Northmen. Oh, that's right. On all those movies, kind of nobody saw. Right is the thing. All three of those. So it was just the well, time. The bad guys did well. The bad guys did well. I think yeah, that one two hundred fifty million dollar. It's oh, animated. Yeah. Oh, it's an animated family. And then the Northman. I don't Northman think. Uh, was under budget. 
Okay. It was 70, 90 million dollars. I made sixty nine. Oh shit! So, oh, similar to this, yeah. Yeah, this was that. Yeah, I remember kind of when these came out, and like I, I still think a lot of people weren't going to the theaters. I don't know. What's I think going this on. is this is a movie though that plays better over time. Absolutely, just pe- people organically discovering it yeah. and being like, "Oh fuck, Nick Cage, this, this is fun." This Nick is, Cage yeah. and Pedro Pascal. And yeah, like Rug said, it's especially if you like love Nick Cage. I can't imagine you not liking this movie. Yeah, it's a celebration of Nick Cage. It's like for for from a fan for fans of Nick Cage, and uh, it's got levels. It's, yeah, look, it's not a perfect film. Yeah, it, you, it's not Oscar worthy, but it is an interesting film, and it is kind of fun in a lot of different ways. If you want to, if you're in for bromances, it's got that. If you're in for Nick Cage fandom, you got that. If you're into some kind of meta shit, it's got that. And if you're in an exploration of like a person who is kind of aging out of the industry and kind of looking at their glory, glory days and kind of coming to terms with who are they now? It's got all those things in this movie and jokes and drug stuff. And <laughs> it's got a lot. And it's, a lot. it's like the perfect runtime. It's like an hour 40. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not too it's long. Watch. Yeah. And it's, in fact, a lot happens that's paced really well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and the, it kind yeah. of goes, it like goes, it's a movie where I really, it's one of those movies at the end, you could kind of, oh, like that's where they're going. But like in the moment, I was like, "Where is this going?" Yeah, me too. I don't even know what's happening right me now. Me too. I was like, "This is weird. What's going on?" It was like at first, I was like, "Oh, it's a Nick Cage like comedy about himself," and then it's like, "Oh, he's going to an island to meet this witch guy," and it's like, "Oh, and the CIA is involved," and it's like, and then it's like, "Is the ba- is Pedro Pascal a bad guy?" And then it becomes like, an action movie, and it's just, it's it's almost like a. It's just the perfect synopsis of Nick Cage's career. Exactly. Like, they nail it. It's a fucking crazy <laughs> Nick ride. Nick Cage has just done everything. Yeah. And anything. Yeah. He's got a movie coming out, man. He's Dracula. He's, you know, oh, he's yeah. Dracula. He is in Renfield. Those new trailers that look fun. They're he looks so great. gory. He, yeah, it looks gory. And he looks great as Dracula. Like, this, this could be a good... Well, he's had pick. three movies. going to have three movies this year. The Old Way, which is some sort of Western... That came out in January, Renfield, and then Sympathy for the Devil is coming out. A horror Ooh. movie. Oh. So it looks like he's got a, a Western, a comedy horror, and then a real horror. Yeah, the man does everything. Also, you know, they, they mentioned the Croods, his voice acting. He's in the, into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. uh, the guy's so, like, I'm 40, whatever, 40 X, yeah. X amount years like, old. Why, why would I watch the Why would I know the Croods? what the Croods are? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, no, it's really good. But I mean, you're literally you're right. He's done everything: science fiction, action, horror, comedy, dramatic stuff. I mean, they mentioned guarding tests. Has he been a bad guy or just when? He, yeah, he was Castro Troy. He, yeah. yeah, Castro Troy. It's one of those things where he's like he's done everything, and then you look at his career lately, and you go, "Man, I like. I wish, I wish a lot. Of, I wish he didn't do the direct video stuff. But, but then like. Now it seems like he might be. He might be back. I wouldn't say like a big renaissance. Yeah. But he's, he's coming back on in theaters now. Renaissance. I'm, I'm surprised he never was Frankenstein, the monster. Oh, he'd be perfect for that. That could be. <laughs> that could be interesting. He'd be the greatest. Fra- I mean, he's Dracula, but he'd be yeah. awesome as Frankenstein. He kind of looks like Frankenstein. Yeah, he should, he so should just saying. play all the Universal monsters in one movie, like yeah, him playing be, all but, the roles. Like, well, his didn't Lon Chaney play them all? I yeah, yeah I believe right. He played a couple. Was it so, Don Cheney or Bella Lugosi? Was it Bella? I, I don't remember. Bella played Dracula. Well, Bella Lugosi played both too. He, he played, played Frankenstein. Frankenstein, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. So it, I think Lon Cheney was the mummy. Yeah, yeah. And the war and, Wolfman. Okay. No, uh, yeah. Right. No, no, no. Uh, no. 
Boris Karloff was the mummy and Frankenstein. Ah, there you go. Lon Chaney was, I think, I believe he was the Phantom of the Opera and the Wolfman. Ah, if and Bela Lugosi was uh, Dar- Dracula, Dracula and, Frankenstein. Yeah, and, uh, and Frankenstein. And and Frank. I don't know. I said I said and Frankenstein, and I'm like, it sounds like <laughs> I said and Frank. Frank also <laughs> and in the Oh, my God. Yes. Wow. That's a and Frankenstein. Of, what range? Role. What range on the Lon Chaney? <laughs> Uh no, like uh it's fun. Let's rate the movie. Uh Anthony, what would you give it? Final thoughts. Uh final thoughts again. Very pleasantly surprised to see these pick, this pick. I, I like when our listeners pick movies that are actually good. Right? That's that always good. Maybe I hadn't seen and like this is the fun part when they pick something that was that's good that I haven't seen and uh it's a pleasant surprise and uh, this was exactly that. I watched this uh, midday Sunday with no no expectations, almost kind of like fuck. I gotta watch this. Yeah, and uh, I watched it and I laughed the entire time. So I, I loved it. I had a great time with nice. it. This is exactly what you want. I when fucking the Patreon listener pick yeah. something. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go solid eight out of ten. Nice. No, I agree. I, uh, this is like I love when the Patreon pick is a hidden little gem that kind of slipped by, went under the radar, and and this is a great Nick Cage movie. Uh, it's probably up there. One of my favorites. He does a great job. Pedro's great. Lots of fun to watch. Breezy, easy to watch. I'm also going to give it an eight out of 10 rugs. I'm going to just be conservative and give it a 7.5. Okay. I, I did uh, like the movie a lot, and but I'm a Nicolas Cage fan. Right. I'm, a, I'm all about this. I'm all about this character at, at this point of his life. I, I feel like a kindred spirit to him, like a misunderstood yeah. idiot <laughs> that uh, very similar that is very fucking involved with himself. You know, is that that that's me. So I, I feel like I, I I glommed onto this character in this movie a lot. So the the only uh, thing I feel like that could beat this is a Frank Grillo biopic type movie. Oh well, <laughs> oh like if there was a Frank, <laughs> if they made a Frank, that would be the most meta because he's not even famous really. <laughs> Like he's famous to me only. So <laughs> it's funny you say I made him famous. It's funny you say that because I have a comment in News from the Nation that's almost that, not quite, but I want to know what how Frank Grillo became Frank Grillo. Sure, I'd watch that. Bring it on. Just juice it up a bit. He was in soap operas for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah, I can tell. And then he finally got his big break when he was like in his mid forties. And uh that's it. Like now he's pushing sixties. Still doing it. Uh Jamie Robinson, thank you so much for picking this. Wonderful pick. Thanks for the support. Uh, We have more from Jamie Robinson in News from the Nation. Let's do it right now. It's time for News from the Nation. It's time for News from the Nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Thanks. So I got a couple of fun, quick reviews of things that are out from our listeners from our Facebook group, Jock and Her Nation. Said Jamie Robinson writing in saying, so I just went to see the Dungeons and Dragon movie uh, because I've got that kind of time, he says, and walked out after an hour. Oh, shit. Anyone, who, anyone who makes it through, let me know how it ends, will ya? Well, I feel like that that movie's getting like really good reviews. So, yes, this movie on Rotten Tomatoes is 91% tomato meter. 7.4 out of 10, 94% audience rating. Ralph Bravo commented, he said, "I just watched it today with my kids and we all loved it. It has moments when it's slow, but it's 
good easily. 7.5 to an 8 is the score Ralph Bravo gives it. So, wow, it did dethrone John Wick 4, I believe, at the box office. And, uh, yeah, it said 91%. I don't know. I don't really, uh, I don't really have any desire to see this, but, uh, it's, it, I don't I, either. I like Dungeons and Dragons and I don't even want to see this. So, uh, um, I like Chris Pine. Like, uh, he's always great and everything. Yeah. Chris um, Pine can be good and stuff. Um, yeah, it seems like a fun movie, but it seems silly too. But I don't know. Maybe it does have heart. Maybe it, it's a good family movie. I, I don't really care to go see that in the theater. Um, I want to see fucking shit explode. Maybe it has that. I mean, you know, I could be wrong, but um, interesting reaction, though. Yeah, you know, I might catch it on when yeah. it comes out available on uh, Amazon or sure. something. Sure, kind of a split there. Okay, and then Blake Braden comments about remember you guys when uh, we watched the trailer for the CW show a while back called Gotham Knights. Which, I'm trying to forget which it, which is about when Bruce Wayne is dead and the Bat Family steps up, or there's a new oh, no, Robin. Remember that? that? Remember that? And the trailer wasn't very good. And, you know, here's uh, Zaslav and HBO and the merger, and he's killing things left and right. Well, apparently this show slipped by him because it is a thing. It has come out. Blake Braden has a review. Here's what he says. Gotham Knights, the TV show, is bad in every sense of the word. It baffles me how this show gets shown to the public. But Batgirl, with the least viable actors, gets canned. Whoever created this Gotham Knights show must have something dirty on the heads of Warner Brothers Discovery and CW. It's embarrassing. I don't have a single positive thing to say about this show. Oh, shit. Huh. I mean, I do that. I do that. And I even. It'll be renewed for a second season. I, but yeah, right. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I watch everything and I didn't even bother to like look this up and watch it because the trailer was so bad. And I'm like, what is this? No. Uh, so I'm surprised it's still on. Titans has been canceled and Doom Patrol is canceled. And uh, this thing is on. They canceled Pennyworth. Also, all those weird shows. Good. So Gotham Knights, you can skip. Thanks uh, for taking the bullet for that one, Blake. And then finally, David Zika says, and this is kind of funny. I know this is a typo, but I'm going to read it how he read it. He says, I know it's fun to bust in Frank Grillo for some of his movies, but he does a nice action job in this. The movie has issues with the writing, but it's not his fault. Free streaming. The movie he's talking about, you're talking about a biopic. You're talking about Frank Grillo. He's talking about the Lamborghini movie, the man behind the legend where Frank Grillo plays uh ferruccio lamborghini is he doing an italian accent like jared leto you know i don't know that is a good question oh my god his it's uh, jared leto's italian accent was amazing it was like mario from the video game only like all the time that was in hasaguchi right yeah that's right so i wonder if he's doing that i i remember we talked about grillo playing lamborghini in a movie about the founder of lamborghini and kind of where did you see that free streaming what does that mean Uh, it is available on tubi apparently tubi uh, which is free yeah and you can rent it i'll watch that but i guess it's why not you know what you gotta be a frank grillo completionist rugs you gotta watch this (laughs) and i know it's and i agree with david zika it is fun to Fun to bust in Frank Grillo, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it is fun to bust in Frank Grillo. <laughs> I, like, I love biopics like this. I'm gonna check this out too. I want to know the story. I always, I'm always busting. In I want to know the story of Lamborghini. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's got great pecs. You got it. Yeah, yeah. Bust all over, all over, Frank Grillo. <laughs> uh, all right, let's finish up with some. What are we watching, Anthony? Have you watched anything fun this week? Not the Mandalorian. So I'll let you guys okay, talk you're about still, that. You're still gonna catch up. But on that. I am. Uh, 
on a little bit of a binge with action movies. So I've watched three action movies. I watched oh, snap. Crank, Crank nice. High Voltage, and The Raid 2. Oh, you watched The Raid 2? There was some discussion of that on our Facebook group. I watched uh, uh, those three movies. All right. What did you think about the Crank franchise there? Have you guys seen the Crank franchise? No. Have I you did. Runs? I have, yeah. I mean, these movies are... Uh, <coughs> They're pretty manic movies. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them makes the tournament just because of how they're just different. It's just like watching a... It literally feels like you're you're on speed watching the movie. Okay, which so is, like... Uh, which is intended because of the of way editing, it's editing. Lots of editing, fast-paced movement, music, shit video kind of editing, mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, like graphics coming on the screen. Oh, and, there's graphics even. Okay. And uh, I mean, both of them are the pretty much the same movie. Um, I mean, it's just... The, the whole premise is in both movies there's a whole premise is like he's just got to keep his adrenaline up oh right okay and he's got to find ways to do that because he's been poisoned or the second one he gets his heart stolen yeah, yeah. oh my so god like his heart stolen. yeah they're they're pretty they're pretty <laughs> wild movies i i, I <laughs> okay. wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if one of these makes it in as a jason statham representative because i feel like these movies are I, i've always known jason statham like these are the movies i think of with jason statham so yeah, uh, but there are others, so we'll see how that goes. Um, definitely would uh, pending who's in the tournament. I I would definitely recommend I watching. Watch Crank. those. Just to, they're not like amazing action movies, but they're just so different. Okay, okay. Than anything you'll see. Right. I just remember Amy Smart being in these. She, and, she's in uh, both. Yeah, he 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 bangs her twice. Oh each, shit! Bangs <laughs> her in each movie to keep his she's heart going. Cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah I just remember that. Oh wow! Oh, to keep yeah, his the, heart pumping. Wow. Yeah, the first one's like wild and then the second one just is like has no taste what's like they're both like they're both they have no t- like it's they're they, they're offensive movies they're fucking oh yeah they're they're i mean they're all over the place but i've uh, seen them but i've forgotten them so like i they're not as memorable as let's say the transporter was to me yeah well i'd have to we maybe the transporter might be in there but uh yeah we might have to rewatch that one that's could be a <laughs> but i mean if you want to if you want a movie that's probably like nothing else in the tournament crank is your movie all right so uh and what about raid two how does it compare to raid one so the raid two makes a strong argument for us not limiting one oh shit movie really per franchise oh my god because oh the raid two, I'd say the raid. I like the raid a little bit more, okay, because it's a tighter film. Yeah, um, but the raid two is much more plot heavy. It's a longer film, and I mean, some of those action scenes towards the second half are just like, how the fuck are they to cop top the raid? And it's yeah. like, whoa, they and they do. They did their damnedest to try. Damn. Um, yeah, was the raid two is really with, good. Raid was that the one with the car, the car chase scene? Yeah, where he's fighting him in the car, and then uh, yeah. And then he fights yeah. like three bosses. That he fights a lady with like hammers and a guy with a baseball bat and a baseball. And then he fights a guy, another guy that with like a sickle in a, in a, <laughs> in a, in a wine cellar. I, I watched The Night Comes for Us and The Raid 2 back to back. And I get those two movies like because they both have the same people in them. Right. Oh, yeah. I, they blend. They bleed together. It's a one's more gory, a lot more gory. Raid 2 is a little bit more like there's gore, but it's not. Uh, it's insane a, amount yeah, of gore. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not lip basking in the gore gore. Yeah. Raid 2 is fucking awesome. It's Yeah. I enjoy it. I I, I yeah. like it, it's legitimately like I I could see people debating if the raid or raid 2 is better. Oh shit, that's going to make this tournament very hard. 
but it's it's a it's an all timer right up there with the raid and uh, yeah, it's well, been, it's we, good. We we had a uh, a listener from Instagram suggest the movie Rugs just mentioned. The night comes for us because uh, it has the Eco Ace guy in there, right? And the other guy, they're both in that movie also. Yeah. Uh, um, who's in that? Well, Eco Ace is the big star in that. Oh, is it Joe like Taslim? A, and in Joe Taslim, correct? Yeah. Yes, Joe Taslim and Eco Ace. So I don't know. I got to watch all these movies now, but definitely the both raids. I'm excited to watch. I don't those. know if the night comes. I mean, I'm, I'm, I might. I would watch the night comes for us. Yeah. I don't know if it'll make the tournament because I don't know if anyone really talks about that. No, movie. it's a Netflix no, I, film I, too. It's one of those movies that you might bail out of it in the first ten minutes because there's so much blood. Oh, wow, right. it's that gory, huh? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's and it's unrelenting. Yeah. It's just nonstop. I don't think the action is better. There's just a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like uh, there's like sometimes uh, you could have action sequences, but they're just not done as good or they're not choreographed as well or or just it's uh, just too much. Right. Like, maybe yeah, maybe too much. much overkill. I think that that's what happens with that movie. But like, yeah, I remember watching it and I was like maybe three quarters of the way through it. I'm like, I got to stop watching. This is too like much. John Wick four wow. almost gets there, but it knows when it's it, it was never like too, too much. It was relentless and exhausting, but felt like it, I think Bilotti couldn't get through it either. I think Bilotti didn't. Yeah, so he, didn't like, he didn't he didn't like uh, it's more it for us. He, like, but he did say in our chat that the raid two was like the godfather to oh, shit. It's better than the, okay. action movies. Which everyone it's knows. Pretty good. It's pretty yeah. damn good. It's a it's almost like a different movie. I read uh or maybe John mentioned it, but it was like this was the movie he uh Gareth Evans wanted to make. Yeah. Oh the second one. Yeah, but he didn't have any budget for the first one. So, so. he probably got a little more money after the first one. So he came up with a smaller movie, he made that. Yeah. yeah. They're, I mean, they're both good. They, there's only really one confusing thing, though, on the raid, too, is like they use the boss level actor from the first one uh-huh. as a character in the second one, but he's a, playing a completely different guy. Oh, weird. But he looks exactly the same. It's obvious. So it's, it's like. Why did you cast that guy? What, what are you doing? Find anybody else? Could put a like a mustache on him. Something. The guy is like the fight choreographer for the raid, and oh. actually, him, the guy they, that I'm referring to, and then one of the bosses in this movie, the raid two, are the two guys John Wick fights in John Wick three. Oh, in three, the yes, two short guys that he's fighting at the same time. Okay. Oh wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, he fights the raid two guys. That's right. Yep. So no. That's good. That's my. I, uh, right. I went on my action movie kick. I'm two uh, thousands baby. I'm trying to flip between foreign and domestic. So yeah. I think the next one I'll probably watch is either Old Boy or uh, Battle Royale. Oh, Battle Royale is about the the kids one. Yes, that like the kids one. Squid yeah. Game the, was the, kind the, of based the, uh, the, the 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 Violent Hunger Games inspiration. I've seen that. That's a great movie. movie. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, but that came out a long time That's ago. 2001. That was even... It's 2001, I believe. Yeah. 2001. yeah. yeah. It's still 21st yeah. century, baby. Counts. Yeah. Uh, Counts. Max, you want to talk uh, Mandalorian uh, real quick? Caught up? Sure. I just wanted to, uh, before we talk about that, I just wanted to see if you saw the trailer for, for that uh, this new series, since you love uh, brown actors. Which one? Priyanka <laughs> Chopra. <laughs> uh-huh. Is in is in an action series with um the dude from fucking uh who played uh Eternals guy. Oh yeah, Richard Madden. It's called uh Citadel. And I did I didn't it was on TV and it came on. I didn't I didn't have the sound on, but then I was like, what the fuck is this? It looked actually really impressive. Uh some of the action they're showing. Richard Madden, Stanley Tucci's in this Priyanka Chopra. Uh, it's an upcoming action science fiction action thriller series. What is it about? 
it's this. Yeah, I think you would have been more if Camille and Johnny. You'd be like Priyanka all about Chopra this. as a fucking. I just heard. <laughs> I didn't know she was in this. I just heard about this show, so I'm gonna have to go look this up. Uh, it is. They're trying. It's a, what is this about? Mm, it, uh, it's about right. like a couple that are spies, I guess. Oh, okay. So, but they're like uh, it's a it's action a heavy show with an emotional center, and there's spinoffs in different countries and languages. Oh, interesting. It's kind of like an anthology or something. Yeah, so I figured that you would be on your radar. This is also <laughs> from the Russo brothers. Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to mention. The Russo's got another thing coming out on Apple TV, don't they? Uh, probably. It, Citadel think, is going to be out in April. Anna de Armas is in it, I believe. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's that movie Ghosted with Chris Evans. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my yeah, God, right. Anthony, you got to watch this trailer. The trailer is fantastic. Ghosted is coming out. And it, it sets it up. And that's also Russo Brothers, that's, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it is Russo Brothers. It sets it up as like a rom-com about Chris Evans meeting Anna Armas, and they go on one date and they hook up. And then like he's trying to text her and she doesn't answer back. And his family's like, oh, she probably ghosted you. And so then he she works in London and he does like the stalker move of like, I'm going to go over there, find out what's going on. He goes over there and this is all in the trailer. Turns out she works for the CIA and is like a badass and he gets involved in this whole action thing and the whole thing the tone shifts and you're like, oh shit, this is like an action spy thriller with Anna Darmus looking pretty badass. There's like three consecutive like action love people in love being spies. There's the Citadel, there's this movie, and there's the other one with um the guy from uh Crazy Rich Agents, I believe. Uh, or, uh, or, or hopefully that's the guy I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh, that's Anna Darmus. Uh, no, that Anna Darmus again? <laughs> She's There's not another, No, no. There's another show. No, no, no. It's I'm wrong. It's a Milo <laughs> Ventimiglia. Oh, Milo is doing something. What is he yes. doing? He's doing a show where he's a spy and he's with a girl. And they're both spies. The company or, you keep is that yes, one. The, oh, okay. So there's like all these shows that have the same premise that are coming. Oh, out. yeah. They're like they both hook up and then they realize they're both spies for like different things. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of this shit. There's going a on. lot. Ghosted looks great. And uh, what was the original thing we were talking about? That looks. Oh, Citadel. That's also interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's quite a tangent. What about Mando? Did you catch up on the Mandalorian? It's not interesting to talk about, is it? Um, Mandalorian. What happened? I mean, I think. Oh, me. I mean, look. Last week we talked about how this season wasn't kind of all over the place, wasn't quite hidden. But like, I felt like this was a slight improvement. Things were starting to come together. It's the pirate attack, basically, and they need to find help, and nobody wants to help them. And uh, that X-wing pilot is oh, there, yeah. and he gets the Mandalorians to come, and they, they, uh, they do. Yeah, they, there's a fun action scene yeah, where so they, they save them from the pirates. So they, yeah, they save them from the pirates, and um. Now Mandalorians get a piece of land on Navarro where they could kind of restart Mandalore. And and now you got the um the woman The armor. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about the girl who worked. Oh, the worked. girl from the Dr. Pershing story. Yeah, what's her name? What's her character's name? Uh I don't remember. I I, I forget, but very forgettable. Yeah. Tim Meadows. I but, love the Tim Meadows cameo from Saturday Night Live. That was kind of he was kind of funny. Yeah, so so now she's kind of hip to what's going on. So I you know part of it, the thing that's interesting here is how they show the Republic has this new this this what used to be rebellion has turned into like a bureaucratic clusterfuck. And you got people from formerly the Empire and people from the Rebellion. And it's almost become the empire and it's just like nobody wants to help. 
and it's yeah. you know you got to fill out paperwork and shit. New um, boss, same as the old boss. Exactly. So that's kind of interesting. And then the fact that you got to see Zeb from Rebels in live action was also kind of fun. It's, yeah, that was an Easter egg. Yeah. So I don't know. The plot seems to be coming together. But there's only a few episodes left. And so where do you think it's going? Uh, I still, I'm not sure. Now she wants to go back to, but they just got the land in Navarro. But then she's like, now we can go back and retake Mandalore. And there's probably some Empire bases on there. Where are they heading out? I don't know where it's going. But now the interesting thing that uh, you didn't mention is that that the armorer lets oh, her take yes. her helmet off. Yes, I love that. She let Bo-Katan take off her helmet, saying she has lived in both worlds. She crosses the barrier. She and she thinks that she, she saw the mythosaur. She's the one the uh, prophesized to bring everybody back together. Now Bo-Katan. Probably just has to get the dark saber from Din Djarin. and but I was so glad because we all hate the stupid keep your helmet on rule. It's dumb. Let everybody take yeah. their helmet off. Hey, Katie Sackoff was like, like I'll be in, I'll be in this shit. But then but I'm putting I, the helmet on. But I mean, if I was the other Mandalorians, I'd be like, wait a minute, what the fuck? You're changing your tune already. What's going on here? I don't know how many are going to follow her or agree with her decision. Uh, but I like seeing Katie Sackoff. That's all. It this episode progressed the plot a lot, and uh, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Sure. Okay, we'll see how it ends. Uh, I watched a couple of interesting things. No, you didn't. I, uh, I did. I mean, I'll tell you, they were. Just, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. It'd be interesting. Uh, the Apple TV show, Shrinking, I've started watching. I'm almost done. It's very good. Be like Ted Lasso. It's very similar. Is that Harrison Ford? Features Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel as uh, therapists. Uh, and the premise is essentially Jason Siegel is a therapist who's gone through some loss. He lost his wife and he's just frustrated with being a therapist and listening to people's same problems over and over again. And they don't change that. He decides to get involved and fucking force people to do shit. And it's not how therapy is at like at all. Clearly, they're probably breaking a lot of rules here, but it's fun to watch. But they got uh, Brett Goldstein, Roy fucking Kent writing on the show. It reminds me of Ted Lasso. It's it's a. Half hour comedy, great characters, great writing, witty banter, moves pretty good, lots of good twists. Uh, it's enjoyable. I'm ha- having a good time with the shrinking. I just got one Ooh. one episode left. Uh, and then also, I, I watched the Tetris movie came out on Apple TV. Taron Edgerton as the dude who brings the license to Tetris to America. Right. Uh, it's pretty good. It's essentially a story of like crazy licensing rights. And uh, multi- the multiple parties that had them, how the game was invented. Um, if you remember, Rugs, you remember the original Game Boy? Yeah. Remember that it came packaged with Tetris? Yeah. So this part of this movie, and when that came up, it just hit me. The nostalgia. I was like, holy shit, I spent hours playing this fucking game on that Game Boy. Like, it all came back how much fun it was and how amazing that Game Boy was. When it came out, like you'd never seen anything like that, even though it was just like in black and white pixels. The Super Mario was great and Tetris blew up uh, and it is kind of the perfect game. Uh, but I thought it was pretty good. I thought te- the Tetris movie is good. I used to play Tetris whenever I was on an airplane. Oh, only on the airplane? Well, because I could just I would sit there for hours and I had nothing else to do. And so I just played this before they had TVs and shit. Right. So I just played Tetris. On the Game Boy? Yeah. Yeah. Anthony, you a Tetris guy at all? You're- yeah, yeah, I love Tetris. Right, Tetris is still. I mean, if I'm in, if if I'm bored and I got access to Tetris, I'm playing Tetris. 
I still think the app is a I, big I look seller. over on plane airplanes, and I still yeah. see people pulling out their iPad and playing Tetris. And it is. It's like the perfect addictive game. Like you, uh, it, it, It's so good. I'm, I'm, I watched this movie, and I wanted to start playing. I'm going to download an app. Start playing Tetris, <laughs> but lots of fun stuff. I love stories like this. You know, you see him coding it a little bit and how they came up with some of the rules. And then just like the Soviet Union is involved. There's a company in London, uh, the Communist Party and they, all these the crazy rights for like everything is separate, like handheld, console, arcade. The rights were different. It was like a big game in Russia. It's, a, it's good. The story is great. And the music was good. And I remember when I back in the early 2000s, late 1990s, yeah. you'd be in a club in New York and the techno version would come on. Oh, yeah. And it would fucking dance to that. Oh, Anthony, bro, that was a banger in the dance clubs. There was like a oh, te- yeah. Tetris dance mix. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever play have a Game Boy? Are you too old for the Game Boy? Game Boy, yeah. You, you asked him like as if Game Boy wasn't a thing. I, like the black, I like the original black and white Game Boy. No, but there was many Game yes, Boys. There was Game Boy yeah, Advance, I, I remember having Game Boy the, Color. I, I didn't yes. have the original Game Boy, but I play my friends. Okay, I had that, and then I had like a next generation Game Boy. Yeah, I had the Game Boy Advance. It was color. <laughs> yeah, they had a color one, but I had Tetris. And then they put out the the the, the three the three D the three DS. The, what, those little ones, remember those little handhelds, the 3D versions? Uh, Nintendo always has fun stuff. I love my fucking Game Boy, dude. I spent hours. <laughs> I spent hours with the fucking Game Boy. So, yeah, watch the Tetris. Anything else anybody watched that was interesting? Rugs? Um, we no, I didn't have time to watch a lot. So, okay. That's okay. I, I will uh, throw out there that I'm watching the movie Air this week. Oh, you are? Oh, I want to yeah. see that. Again, I love these kind of stories. I heard it's really good. So. All right, you'll have to let us know Maybe, how, uh, how that is. Well, I don't know what we have going on next week. But I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, shit. That is a jock movie. It would qualify, wouldn't it? That comes out this week, does it? Comes out this week. Comes out on Wednesday. Mm, well, well. We'll talk about it we'll later. Discuss. I'm just, you know, doing a little tease. <laughs> I, I, I Honestly, I kind of really want to see this movie. Like Again, like I said, like it. part of the story was in Winning Time, the HBO show about Nike and Ben Affleck, Matt Damon together. Uh, looks great. It looks great. Okay, I'm gonna think about that. That's it for this week, everybody. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? You can find me on Twitter at really rugboy. Come by, come follow me. Give him a poke in his slack hole. He'd appreciate. Yeah, it. I don't have a check mark. I just have brown skid marks. Yes, that's that's how you know that's a real person on Twitter. The skid mark on Twitter. Yeah, uh, all that stuff can be found in our show description. Links on how to support the show, how to follow us on social media. Get in touch. Share the show, listener. Tell a friend. We'd appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. Uh, Nicholas Cage soundboard. I didn't use it. Are you working? Wow. What a miss. That's a long fuck. There's one last thing.